Welcome to CruxCast. Whether you're in your car, at work, or at home, we hope you enjoy this interview. And if you do, you can find more like it on cruxinvestor.com. So please subscribe. Hello, my name is Joe Hamilton. I'm the CEO of Unigold. Uh, we're an exploration company that is developing assets in the Dominican Republic. We currently have uh, about 1 million ounces of measured and indicated uh, material, as well as uh, another 1.2 million ounces in inferred. Uh, in the country, we're moving that through uh, feasibility studies and economic studies at this point, as well as conducting exploration. Uh, so I, I welcome Matt and thank you for the time uh, to talk about Unigold and, and to give you our pitch on what we think we're doing in uh, in the Dominican Republic. Hello, Joe. Good to see you. It's been about eight months or so. Good to have you back on the show. It's been a while, uh, and you know, a lot of a lot of things have happened as far as Unigold is concerned over that period of time. We we've done a lot of drilling. Uh, we put out a, a large number of results. Uh, as well as uh, you know, some preliminary economic assessments and some new resource estimates in that time. But it's not working. Forty-five cents when we last spoke, down to what are we sixteen today? So something, something we've got to give. Absolutely, and you know, it's it's frustrating uh, for me to have to defend a two point two five million ounce uh, resource, of which half of it's in measure and indicated. I've been doing that continuously for about the last two months. Uh, very frustrating when I look at some of our peers in the markets. Uh, but on the other hand. Uh, you know, I, I think perhaps there was some expectation in the market that the numbers would be higher than that. Uh, I would point out that we, we did use one of the most uh, conservative companies uh, on the planet who does resource estimates, Micon International. Uh, so I, what I can say about the resource estimate we put out is it is bulletproof. Uh, it is solid and it, uh, you know, it, it will stand up to any scrutiny. On the other hand, uh, you know, there was a sell-off as a result of putting out that resource estimate. Um, you know, we traded probably half of our float. Uh, over the course of the last two months. Um, but on the other hand, there were a lot of people buying and a lot of people who see value in the stock at these price levels uh, and and value in the stock as a result of the measured indicated resources and the inferred resources that we have. So I'm encouraged by the people that are buying at this level. Uh, we've had insider buying as well as uh, as well as some of our larger shareholders adding positions. So, uh, you know, we'll continue on our path with these, you know, the stated work that we said we were going to do at the beginning of the year, uh, which was to put out the economic assessment put out the resource assessment, and then as we move into the third and fourth quarter of this year, start looking at some of the regional exploration targets. That I, get, I get that you said what you're going to do, and you've done what you said you were going to do, but no one cares. You're down to, you know, just over, I get, somewhere between one and one and a half million of cash position. So that's going to restrict your optionality as to how you go about this. So what have you got to do different that's going to get people to notice? Well, I think in, in this market, Matt, as near as I can tell, people are chasing specular, speculation and exploration discoveries. They're, they're really going after, uh, you know, the, the glitz and the glamour rather than the hard work that's required to actually bring a deposit into production and move it through the engineering stages. Uh, you know, and, and that seems to be where the money is flowing in this market. That's fine. We've got, a, we've got what we consider to be a very good resource in a very stable country. Uh, we've got a number of exploration targets that we want to move out on. And I think the chances are very high that we will have exploration discovery later on this year as we turn our attention to that. You know, regarding our cash balance, uh, we've got some very good shareholders, some very long-term shareholders that have supported us continuously. Uh, in my discussions with them, they, they've indicated they'll continue to support us. Uh, and our stated objective from the beginning of the year uh, was to move out in the third and fourth quarter of this year to do exploration. So we'll carry on with that uh, that. I mean, it's, it's interesting um, position that you find yourself in. You've got two and a half million answers, all categories, about 50-50 between measured, measured mm -hmm. and indicated and inferred. Okay, that's 
definitely up there when you when with compared to some of the companies that come on this show. But they've got about you know look at their market caps. They're three, four, five times sometimes more than you. There's a discount being applied somewhere. So what, what am I not getting? It, is it the Dominican Republic component? I mean, who's in country? Who are the other players in country there? Well, I, I find it hard to believe that it would be a Dominican Republic component. Barrick and Newmont are both in country. Barrick's number two or number three asset, uh, Pablo Viejo uh, is in country. It's a million, almost a million ounce a year producer. Uh, you know, it's definitely a tier one asset for Barrick and for Newmont as well. Uh, you know, it's in country. Uh, it's relatively stable. Uh, there was an election last year. The government is in, uh, you know, is in power now for another four years. Uh, there shouldn't be any political issues for the next four years. And the government, the government that's in power now, is certainly taking uh, great strides in communicating that they're a mining-friendly jurisdiction. Uh, we've had multiple visits from very high-ranking people in, you know, ministers, vice ministers, uh, have been talking to us about this thing going into production in the area. They want to see more mines in the country. They understand the benefit of mining uh, to bring infrastructure into remote areas in the country, and they want to see that go ahead. So I don't see why there would be a Dominican uh, Republic discount um, at this point in time. Uh, you know, Eric is is spending another billion dollars in country on an expansion at Pueblo Viejo. Uh, they certainly don't seem to be afraid of any uh, of any Dominican uh Discount, shall we say. Okay, what about um, major shareholders? Are they offloading? Uh, I haven't seen any major shareholders sell stock, uh, at least the, the the ones I'm talking to. Um, they are uh, continuing to hold at this point in time. And as I said, insiders are, are buying uh, at this point because uh, certainly we see value uh, in the share price at this level. It, it just, uh, you know, compared to any peers that are out there, I think these are the cheapest ounces you can buy in the market. This okay, well, tell me about that. What do you mean they're the cheapest ounces out there? Well, you know, on, on a measured indicated basis, uh, considering our market cap right now, uh, you know, it's it's about $10 an ounce in the ground. Um, you know, those are more or less our discovery costs uh, to, to bring these on. So, uh, you know, anyone else who is attempting to, to move things into a measured indicated category is likely going to spend upwards of 40 or $50 for those ounces. Um, why would you invest in a company knowing that it's going to take 40 or $50 an ounce to bring it to measured indicated? When we've we've spent about ten dollars an ounce, and that's what we're trading at right now is ten dollars an ounce, uh, as far as uh, moving things into the measured indicated and inferred category. So when I say cheapest ounces on the market, uh, it's just that discovery costs are much higher than what you can buy our stock for. Okay, so let's let's look at the strategy then, because you, you've kind of almost got three components to this from memory. It's been eight months. Uh, you've got the oxide component, which is a short life of mine. So you you, you did a forty three one hundred one on that. You've got the sulfide component, which is obviously the, the the bigger prize when you when you get around to it. You put a resource out on that, and then there's the kind of exploration discovery component. So, can we just go through those one by one? Just make sure I can uh -huh. totally recollect and understand what's going on. So, the oxide forty three one hundred one. The numbers said what? The oxide component was about a three and a half year mine life. It was about thirty thousand ounces a year. Uh, the after-tax rate of return was about thirty-five uh, percent. Uh, that was about a thirty-six million dollar capital, um, but that capital includes ten million dollars in contingency and EPCMs and owners' costs, et cetera. So it, it was uh, quite an interesting number. But the the thing that you have to keep in mind is that the after-tax numbers, in my mind, aren't the ones that count. Uh, our intention was to put the oxide into production to use the cash flow from the oxides to develop the sulfides. As a result, we'll be reinvesting in the projects and probably have a fairly low tax bill as a result. So if you look at the project on a before tax basis, it's actually a 50% IRR. 
which I think you're going to be hard pressed to find any project out there that has that kind of an IRR at this point in time with a low capital and low capital creep as well. One of the things about, uh, about a lot of projects that go into construction is you get capital creep because they're very large projects that are tough to, uh, tough to design and tough to estimate. In this case, this is a run of mine dump reach. It's probably the simplest project uh, that you can find. The economics behind it, uh, when Micon was doing their estimates, they used a 75% uh, recovery. Uh, most of our recoveries showed about 90% recovery in column tests from the, uh, from the oxide portion. So I think the chances are we'll be able to better those IRR numbers. But once again, the reason you go to reputable engineering firms is because they're conservative and they apply conservative numbers to ensure your projects work. So as far as the oxide project is concerned, uh, you know, a three and a half year mine life at this point, we did, however, put out a press release uh, about two months ago on more oxide uh, that we had found to the east. And that material, uh, we haven't released any results. We don't have results back on it yet, but it was hidden oxide. It, there was no surface expression for it whatsoever. It started about two meters below surface, uh, but, you know, quite good numbers, uh, you know, 14 meters at, uh, at over two grams in oxide. Uh, I believe it'll probably behave the same way. Uh, and we put another 15 or 20 drill holes into that, uh, short drill holes, sort of I call the sewing machine drilling. Uh, to see if we can expand that area to add to the mine life. And of course, any oxide we find is just going to add to the economics. So I'm, I'm trying to piece it all together because, you know, there's a, there's a, there's a lot that doesn't kind of join up in terms of the way the market's reacting to the story you're telling. Okay. So the oxide. So there may, there may be more. You've, you've, you've put some more drill holes in. Is there any way, given the cash that you've got at the moment, that that oxide project could ever stand on its own two feet? Well, I think what you're asking is, does it make sense at this share price to raise equity capital to put a, to, uh, you know, to construction capital to put this into production? The short answer is no. What the market is telling us and what Mr. Market is telling us is that uh, at this level, it doesn't want us to go ahead with that project. Uh, and it doesn't want us to go ahead with the sulfide project uh, because it's restricting our access to capital to do so. So what the market is telling us, and I think it's it's yelling it as, as loud and clear, is you guys have to go back to exploration and you guys have to go and find more of this material in another deposit of similar size somewhere else on your concession. And I think that's uh, that's sort of the message the market's giving us. Yeah, we, okay, we've jumped, jumped to the third component, which, which, which is yeah. exploration. So you've got a little bit of cash there. So is that enough to do what you, you need to do in terms of um, drilling some of these targets that you've identified? Or do you need to raise capital? Because as you say, 20 million market cap, that's expensive compared to when we spoke eight months ago. So how do you, how do you come at it? Well, Matt, I, I think uh, the last time we spoke, I think I used the phrase that uh, there isn't a, uh, an exploration company on the planet that's fully financed. And and I love hearing the phrase from exploration companies, we're fully financed. Uh, no, you're not. You never are. Uh, there's always a requirement to come back to the market. Uh, and in that respect, what I try to do is I try to ensure that some of our key shareholders are supportive, and they are. Uh, you know, we've we, we've got some very strong shareholders uh, that have supported us through the last uh, you know four or five years, uh, and they've given us indications that they'll continue to support us. So uh, I don't think raising capital is going to be difficult. What hurts is raising capital at these price levels. Oh, yeah, absolutely, very very painful. But that's my question to you: is how do you play it? Because if you get some nice drill results out like you've had so far, and the market doesn't react, that's going to be rather painful for you. So you know, your your great white hope here you're saying to me is we make a discovery. People want to hear that we've made another discovery, another candelonis. That'd be fantastic. There's no there's no kind of guarantees with that. So you know, at some point. 
will you be able to raise the money that you're going to need to make this discovery? And then what? Uh, well, time will tell, right? Nobody has a crystal ball, but uh, you know, I, I'm I'm comfortable that we'll be able to do that as we need to do it. The, the, the bigger question, I think, for, for investors and, and, you know, people who are putting money into this is, you know, if we go out and do exploration, what you've just communicated is that, um, you know, it's risky. Well, all, all exploration is risky. It doesn't matter where you are. It, it can be in the Dominican Republic, it can be in Canada, it can be in, in Ghana. All exploration is risky. Everyone has the same risk when it comes to stepping out on exploration. The bigger question, I think, for investors is if you're going to buy a stock that's a pure exploration company, um, why don't you buy a stock that already has some assets behind it, like measured and indicated resources, for instance, or a resource and a PA on an oxide project uh, that's low capital and eminently constructible uh, in addition to the exploration, um, rather than just looking straight for, you know, a straight exploration play that's likely going to end in tears like most exploration plays do at the end of the day. Uh, you know, it's it's tough finding gold. It's it's not an easy task. Uh, it's tough finding any deposit of any size, and certainly everyone knows the stats for to bring things into an economic. Uh, you know, it's one in a thousand, and and some people are quoting one in five thousand in, in many instances. They've got to go through. You know, you've got to kiss a lot of frogs before you can get that deposit that works. Uh, you know, what we're offering people at Unigold is we've got a deposit that works. We've got a resource that's large, and we've got exploration upside that we I've always said we intended to move out on later on this year. But you can't get it valued the way it needs to be. You know, do you have to talk to some kind of JV partner? Do you need to farm it out and you know take an equity position in a company which is able to do that, which does have access to the markets, promotional or otherwise? Because on a fundamentals basis, it's, it, it's there. Okay, I'd agree with you. One of the few stories where if the CEO says to me that we're undervalued, I'm going to go, yeah, probably. So. Um, how do you, how do you get around that? Because that that seems to be a problem here. Well, it, it does, and and you know the the, the one thing that we do have, uh, you know, with fifteen to twenty expiration targets, is you know the only thing worse than not enough targets to go after is too many, uh, because then you can spread yourself very thin. And you know, joint venturing some of those uh, in my mind makes sense. Um, it's a matter of finding the right partner that has the ability to spend money on those targets and and will actually do it. Uh, so you know that's that's something that's in our quiver. Uh, we'll look at that, but we would like to test some of our targets ourselves. Oh, I was coming at it from the opposite way. I was like, why don't you hand over your two and a half million ounces to someone who's going to do something with it with pockets deep enough to actually move that forward? Because that's a project in its own right, and you focus on what you seem to be very good at, which is making discoveries. Matt, that's another 15-minute interview, if not half an hour. Uh, you know, what, what we're talking about, what you're talking about is the option value on the ounces. Exactly. And our shareholders have very patiently developed the option value on those ounces in the ground. If the gold price moves quickly, you know, giving up that option value in my mind is what the shareholders have, you know, been rewarded for. So that's another conversation we can have at another time. Well, let's have a little bit of the conversation now because it's an interesting one, right? You have got patient shareholders who have been in there a while. They've seen you build up two and a half million ounce project. Uh, but they've also seen the value of this company go. For, I've, you know, you've been up over nearly 70, 70 cents in the last year. You're down, you know, at around sixteen. Something's not quite gelling, and sometimes it just needs a kick up the backside. So, bringing the right partner with market access, with capital access, may free the work that you've done because you, you just don't know how long it's going to sit at these rates. You're being ignored for whatever reason. 
you're being ignored uh-huh. by too much of the market at the moment. Maybe no fault of your own, maybe something un- unseen, unknown. I don't know because I can't work it out. Um, and as you say, these, these are very cheap answers that you've got. So you've got a, you know, definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over and expecting a different result, right? So a little bit of that. So what have the things that you've been thinking about, talking about at board level? Well, you know, the principal thing is that, uh, you know, trying to read the market and the market reaction, because I agree with you, it's, it's difficult to understand uh, how we can move things up the value chain and see value eroded in the share price and value for shareholders being eroded in the process. It, it, it's counterintuitive. Uh, it's, it's a bit of cognitive dissonance in the, on, on the process. It makes no sense. Um, so we have to stand back and say, well, maybe what we're doing is not what the market wants to see at this point in time. Uh, and I think what the market wants to see at this point in time is expiration, that they want to see new deposits. They, they want to see the hope that there may be a multi-million ounce deposit in the next drill hole. And that seems to be where money flow is going in the market. Uh, you know, technical things are, and value investors are one thing. Speculative investors have always been in the exploration end of things. And I think that's what the market is certainly telling me. As far as, uh, you know, as far as what do we do with the deposit we've got? Well, I think we, we complete the engineering and we start the permitting process because that's just reducing risk on the project. It's all desktop work that we can do. Uh, you know, it's, but we'll deploy our equipment and our drills. And remember that we own four drills in country. Uh, I think we've got the lowest drilling costs in the industry. Uh, it costs us about $125 a meter Canadian uh, for drilling assay and geological support per meter. Uh, you know, exceptionally low costs. Uh, we can make a buck go a pretty far distance uh, and we'll move those drills out. And right now our idea is to move those drills out and start looking at some of the larger exploration targets. We've got an incredible database on the uh, on the project that we've developed over 20 years. Uh, and a lot of these targets are drill ready. So if the market wants to see drilling and they want to see exploration and speculative uh, discoveries, uh, I believe we've got the material to give them that. And it's just, we've always said that that's what we would do in the last half of this year in any case. Yeah, yeah, you did. Um, okay, I, 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 it's, it's a complicated one because, I'm, I'm, again, I'm trying to, here is counterintuitive. It, it really is counterintuitive to me. I think there's lots of companies that we've interviewed in the last six months who would like to have what you've, you've got who are, you know, $100 million companies, right? They, they would love what you've got. So it is difficult for me to, to, to quantify. So, but let's do it. Let's deal with it. Um, you've engaged Tory Hills Capital, uh, to, to do what? They, they're a U.S. firm. So what, what are they doing for you? Uh, last year at about this time, we, uh, we activated, uh, an OTCQX listing in the, in the U.S. Uh, we, uh, try to do some marketing in the U.S. to get volumes up and, and more exposure in the U.S. market. Uh, we weren't having a great effect, so we brought Tory Hills on earlier this year uh, to help us with that marketing effort, specifically in the U.S. Um, and, you know, we've been doing roadshows in the U.S. And, and attempting to get those volumes up and our name out into uh, into the investors and, and the investors in the space in the U.S. Okay, that's not working. But what are you getting out of it? If there, if you, you've said there's been, there's been a big sort of... Um, there is liquidity there, so you're getting a new type of investor. So maybe it's, it is working. You're getting a different sort of investor in. But what are they telling you? Are they telling you? Have you heard them say, "Go make a discovery"? Is that is that were you interpreting what uh, the information that you're saying? Most of the uh, most of the new investors that I've been talking to uh, have said, you know, this is a great story. Uh, we can't understand why it's undervalued, and they go into the market and they buy. And, and if you look at our trading volume in the last two months. You know, as I said, we've traded over 50 million shares in two months at these price levels. Obviously, people see some value there. 
there are people selling for whatever reason uh, to recycle the cash or looking at their own portfolio. But you know, on the other hand, Matt, there's been 50 million shares purchased. Uh, so to say that the marketing is not working. No, no, um, I, ba- I backtracked on that. I did backtrack because I suddenly I remember the liquidity yeah. numbers are high. So maybe it's just that you're, you're turning your your share your share registry over is probably is is fair. So that they are doing a job. Oh. So you're getting more U.S. investors in um, through the um, OTC Q. You're in the QX, aren't you? I think. QX. Yeah. Um, so again, it, it's. It's people are interested, and at these levels, maybe they'll do just fine. So, you think there's more of an overhang from, you know, previous investors because you know there's going to be some long suffering in there, and you're turning some of those over, and that which is good. But do you think you need to completely turn them over? And at these rates, I, clearly, you're attractive. I, I, I'm not sure about you know who, who knows what's in the mind of, uh, of most investors. Um, it's it's always difficult to understand, and and you know it's the the winds of the market, but. I think what I can tell you is that, you know, observing the trading activity in the market, uh, the sellers have been hitting the bids uh, for the last two months. And the buyers have been very patient, uh, simply waiting and saying, come to me. Uh, and I think that's primarily a result. I think if the buyers would, uh, or, or rather the sellers would be a little bit more patient, they could probably get higher prices. But, uh, you know, they seem to just want to liquidate. At some point, that's going to end. It, it has to. Uh, you know, we've turned over, as you say, turned over the register, at least uh you know, half of our float has gone into new hands. Um, and when I say half of the float, that's just our one major shareholder and the, and the uh, board of directors. If I look at some of the other institutions that own the stock that haven't traded it, we've probably almost turned over our float at this point. Um, so, you know, it's, it's a whole new world with people in at this, these price levels. And I think as we move out and start to execute more on our strategy, uh, I can only see the price going in one direction from here, and that's up. And management is buying. Seen that. Mm-hmm. What about any outstanding warrants that are in the money? Anything happening there? Uh, there's there no warrants that are in the money at this point. Um, they are. Uh, they were all exercised at the end of May. Okay. Okay. So nothing. Nothing to come through there. Okay. No. Can we come back to the sulfide bit because we did talk about. I think we skipped that um, earlier. I mean, what, mm-hmm. what's what's the plan there? Because it seems like there's, I guess, a whole bunch of desk work to do now. Which outside of the expiration is that? Is that fair to say? Well, that's right. I mean, you know, the the first step in in any mine plan is starting with a resource estimate, and and you know, we've got what I consider to be a fairly conservative estimate. It's measured, indicated. It's very tight. Um, so the next step now is to try to put together some kind of a mine plan from that and understand, uh, you know, what the mining rates look like, how many uh, grams or, or grams per day or ounces per day that you can pull out of the ground, what production looks like, uh, and at some point. You know, this deposit's going to go underground. There's going to be a transition from open bit to underground. At some point, that's going to be dependent on dual price and strip ratios. But until you do the work, uh, you really don't have any idea uh, at what point that happens. Uh, the other thing that we, uh, you know, the 43101 report, the technical report that we published a few weeks ago, has all of our metallurgy. It's up to date as far as metallurgy on the deposit is concerned. Uh, you'll see that there's a number of metallurgical pathways that are available to us. We need to nail that down once we understand what the mining plan looks like. So there's a lot of there's a lot of engineering work that needs to go on between now and the end of the year to understand what the true value of the sulfides is. What I can tell you is in our mind, the resource that we have, the over two million ounces in in all categories, is certainly enough to support a fairly large production profile over an, you know over an eight to ten year mine life. Uh, so the question is, what is that production level, and you know ultimately what does the economic study look like? We won't have those numbers till next year because, quite frankly, no one's done them yet. Right. Okay. So, well, I was going to ask you about the timing for that. You know, 
because once you start putting economics around it, people you know may be able to judge you against peers. They may be able to get a, a better sense of where you stand. You know, because we're saying, okay, these are cheap answers, but you got to show the market that. Is there any way? To, is there any? Does it make any sense to try and accelerate that process given where you're at? Uh, perhaps, but you know, on, on the other hand, um, we're not getting paid for that anyway. You know, for, for people that are coming into the stock at this point. You know, the, the, uh, NPV, you know, the 5% discount NPV on the oxide project is about $35 million. Our market cap's about 20 million. Uh, you know, you get the sulfides for free and you get all the expiration for free. If you buy the stock today, it's underpinned on the value of the oxide project alone. So, you know, um, us continuing on with that, but, but, but well, well, that's, that, it that's all well cheap work. But that's all well and good. You can say that, but you, you, you said at the beginning, the, the oxide project doesn't stand on its own two feet. So, you know, there's no point saying you get sulfide for free. You, you, you've got to show how this joins up and, and start showing the economics around this joined up project, don't you? Uh, no, uh, the oxide project does stand on its own two feet. It's a standalone project uh, that can kick off a significant amount of cash flow. It's, it's a short life project, is what I said, is that it's, you know, a three to three and a half year project. Uh, but it repays capital in, you know, uh, very quickly in the inside of, I think it's, uh, 19 months it repays capital. Um, so why not do that? You know, so that's, well, that's what we intend to do, sir. We're, we're moving down. Uh, you know, we, we've said, uh, what we said from the beginning of the year is once we deliver the economic study, we'll move towards the environmental impact assessment and the social impact assessment, which we've started now. And we'll do that between now and the end of the year. Uh, and then we'll uh, start moving down the permitting path on the oxide portion because that does a number of things for us. It's a small project that gets the local communities introduced to mining in the area, uh, which is good before we move into the larger sulfide project. Uh, so there's a parallel path here with the oxides. The sulfides will have a parallel path, but I think we're pretty much done with the drilling on the oxides. There'll be some infill drilling to do, but I think as far as that's concerned, I think we'll redeploy the drills towards the exploration. But here's the bit, here's the thing, but I guess the, the disjunct for trying to understand how you piece the story together for me. So on the ox side, you say, right, so you say, mm-hmm. it is a standalone project. We are going to need to raise, what was it, 36 million? What was the number? Mm-hmm. Something like that, okay? Well, 30, let's, let's, let's say a whole bunch of that is, is debt. There's still going to be an equity portion. And that equity portion, let's say it's, 10, right? 20 million market cap. You're going to need your share price to do some real hard work for you between now and that point in time, aren't you? I think that, I think, I mean, we're sort of getting to the point where people are sort of seeing the disconnect between, you know, being able to either go off and focus on discoveries or try and move the two projects which you've got in the bag right now and move those along somehow or get them financed somehow. And I think that that's where I'm perhaps wanting some guidance from you as to about the, the plan of attack on those three strategies that you've got. And I, I know you can say it depends on how the market reacts and et cetera, et cetera. So there, there is a big, big part of that. But No, uh, well, it, of course, it always depends on how Mr. Market uh, behaves. Uh, but, you know, we're not going to put the cart in front of the horse. Uh, in order to, before you go out to raise the capital to build the oxide project, you must first make sure you've got your started down the permitting. The, we won't be in a position to raise capital for the oxide project until probably next year. Uh, and at that point, we'll make our decision on whether we want to move forward with the project or not. And the market will tell us. Right now, the market is limiting our ability to raise that capital. And, and what the market is telling us is, you know, we don't want you to go ahead with the oxide project at this point in time. Because obviously, as you point out, to raise that capital is going to be, um, you know, 
depending on where the sources of it are, but to raise it on an equity basis is going to, you know, create a large number of shares going into uh, into circulation very quickly. Uh, we'll have to wait and see, but you know, we need to do the work to start down the permitting path, do the environmental assessment, de-risk the project. Especially as you pointed out, you know, earlier in this conversation, why don't you, uh, you know, why why don't we put a bow on Candelones and bring in a joint venture partner to develop Candelones on our behalf and, and try to keep the piece of it. Um, once again, from this point forward, we've done the hard work. The easy work now is is to move through the permitting and add value there. Once we de-risk the project, it'll be worth a lot more to our investors uh, if someone wants to come in and take a look at it. So we're going to continue on with that de-risking. And we're going to continue on with moving that forward. We'll make a decision on whether we're going to build it uh, probably sometime next year. Thank you for listening. If you've enjoyed the interview, why not subscribe to Cruxcast or our website, cruxinvestor.com, and of course, our YouTube channel, Crux Investor. Plus, you can catch us most days on Twitter and LinkedIn. We really love getting your feedback, so please keep it coming, and we'll speak to you again soon.